0: Welcome to Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. I'm your host, Eric L. Dunovet, the Mindset Disruption Strategist and President and CEO of Paradigm. My teams and I redefine success for purpose-driven families and businesses by challenging social norms and balancing family and finance to build kingdom impact and Hello again, this is Eric L. Donovan, the Mindset Disruption Strategist. Welcome to another episode of Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. I could not be more excited to have me joining today Sifu Rafael Gomez, who I met through, I think, some connections on LinkedIn. He has been such a graceful host. He's got like four different shows, two of which I've had the honor of appearing on, Coaching Call and Heroes Rising. He is what is this? Twenty-seven plus years um, in kung fu, and runs Max Fitness, and we're mm. going to have just a good time visiting today. So, Sifu, thank you so much for being with me today.
1: Oh, it's absolute pleasure, my friend. Absolute.
0: It has been a joy getting to know you, and I can't wait to kind of share your story with my audience. But before we get started. Um, it's a bright, sunny afternoon here. I've got the barbecue grill fired up. I've invited all of my friends over. Um, so would you please introduce yourself to my friends?
1: Sure. Um, who's got the ribs? That's the person I want to talk to. <laughs> well,
0: I've got the ribs. I'll cut them up and bring some over in a minute. But if you perfect, want to introduce perfect. yourself.
1: Sure. Absolutely. Hey guys, how are you? Uh, my name is Raphael. Some people call me seafood. That just means teacher in Chinese. I love meeting people, so I want to know more about you, but I know that you have no idea who I am. So I've been doing martial arts, basically my whole life, 47 years. I love, love the challenge of what the body can bring, the way we move our bodies. So for me, fitness, martial arts, movement, that's who I am, that is how I'm defined. And what I'd love to share with you guys is just, you know, what is it about us as humans that makes us unique? Mm. Above all other things, above all other animals, it's our brain. It's mm. this, it's the fact that we can communicate in so many different ways. So thank you guys for letting me be here with you today. And can't wait to have those ribs, Eric. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good actually um that's my that's my Thanksgiving specialty. We don't need to get off too much, but we we're recording this show right around Christmas time and Thanksgiving right. just passed and that's my that's my specialty. We don't do turkey. we do ribs. so I oh, love it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, see what if we were to kind of look at your life right now where you are you got the four shows you've got your teaching um martial arts there. I know you teach some younger students some older students as well but here's the bigger question. I want you to kind of narrow this down. What are you most passionate about right now today?
1: Wow. This conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I've am i learned um, through adversity in my life to all the experiences that I've had, that every moment is probably the most important moment that we can have. Because I've had polio when I was a child. I lost the ability to walk. Mm. So can you imagine you're running around and then all of a sudden the next day you're in the hospital, your legs are turned backwards, Mm
0: -hmm. no
1: ability to walk. I had to wear braces like Forrest Gump. Mm -hmm. And you know, when I saw that movie and I saw him break out of those, I was like, I did the same thing (laughs) because I had to learn how to walk again. Wow. So just the fact at three, three and a half years old to lose that ability Mm -hmm. and then to have to regain it and then to wear special braces, and then wear special shoes till I was 12. I did everything in my power to strengthen my body. So this is why movement mm. defines me. Yeah. And someone asked me one time, what is your superpower? And you know, when you're asked that question, what do you say? <laughs> and when I really thought about it, my superpower is movement.
2: Mm. The
1: fact that I understand movement, this is why I think I love teaching martial arts because every movement has a purpose. Yes. We you you Eric I and everybody listening to your show has a purpose. Mm-hmm. My purpose is to help other people move whether you're looking to gain weight, lose weight. Listen, a lot of people think oh, you're trying to gain weight. Yeah, I had trouble gaining weight as a child. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. I was 18 years old for me to gain one pound a week, I probably ate as many as five or six people a day. Wow. And I can only gain one one pound. So people don't understand that. There's still a struggle for people who you ever see somebody out there and you're like, man, they're so skinny. But you cannot judge anyone until mm-hmm. you know what's truly going on. And somebody who's overweight or somebody who's obese, we don't know what they're going through. So my life journey is to impact people, both mentally and Mm. physically.
0: Mm. Mm. That's just me. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about. So you had polio when you were younger. You overcame that, but you said you've been doing martial arts for forty-seven plus years. I mean, so did was that part of your journey? How did you discover martial arts?
1: Well, at the age of ten, is so I'm kind of giving you my age a little bit. At the age of ten is when i was hanging out with my friends and one of my friends went he was leaving i'm like where are you going and he's like i gotta go to see my dad i'm like can i come and he's like what is this kid weird why do you want to come i'm like i just i'm bored with what we're doing i want to you know hang out with you so i went and his dad was a master and the reason he was leaving is because his dad was going to give him a lesson oh wow so his dad's like, who is this kid? And what's he doing here? He's like, well, he wants to be part of it. He goes, all right, get in here. And he started teaching me too. Unfortunately, this guy, not unfortunately, this guy was amazing. I saw this guy uh, being attacked by people. I had one guy, I saw somebody literally trying to kill him with a machete and he was laughing the guy off. And it's like, I want to be like that. (laughs) It was the most amazing thing I've ever saw. I ever saw. And But what happened is he really took a liking to me that he probably thought I was one of his kids. And instead of teaching me martial arts, he hit me. But it wasn't in a martial arts environment at that point. And then he also wrote on my face with a marker. And that's when I said, whoa, no more. I said, if you come near me again, I'm going to call the cops. This is at 10 and a half years old. I'm saying to this man who I saw almost, you know, no one can hurt him. And I said, you come near me, you're in trouble. Mm. And but I still had the passion for martial arts. So I went looking for it. And I, I was lucky, I found a church and there was a guy in the basement of a church teaching martial arts. Mm. He looked like Luke Gossett Jr. Really, He did. And the training was beyond it was phenomenal.
0: So you did you just stay you stayed with him for
1: I, I stayed with him until he left. It was a basement of a church uh, in high school. I created my own martial arts club. I We had a, a really large home. And so I asked my dad, can I move all the furniture out of the living room? <laughs> and the living room was huge. So I had all the guys from my high school who all did different styles of martial arts. I brought them to my house and we all taught each other. What wow. martial arts we were doing, we would challenge, we fight, no no gear. Really? I mean, no gear. was you know, Fight nowadays... Club before
0: Fight Club existed.
1: Oh, yeah. Don't talk <laughs> about Fight Club.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, don't talk about it. <laughs> yeah,
1: so very interesting times. And and the passion just just went there. And then I, I eventually found my grandmaster, um, who spoke no English whatsoever, And, you know, his disciples obviously knew English and they took me in. And so I, I kept going with it and man, it's been a a journey. It's, it's been
0: a wonderful thing. That's amazing. That's amazing. As you kind of look back at your life in this journey, um, what do you think? I mean, so we talked about polio, but what do you think some of the biggest obstacles are that you've had to overcome that have kind of led you to, to where you are today?
1: Well, um, when you think about life, the people in your life, how mm-hmm. they affect you. I was abused as a child by my parents. Mm-hmm. And Sorry. at the age of 18, I wanted nothing to do with my entire family. Mm-hmm. I'm number 10 of 12. Oh, wow. I know. Crazy, right? Maybe yeah. that's why, maybe that's, they didn't know how to raise us. All they knew, that kid's out of line, bam. And so sometimes I was getting hit. Without knowing why I was getting hit, maybe I was just at the right place. At the,
2: mm-hmm. they needed to
1: hit somebody, and there I was. I had been woken up with a by getting beaten. So my mom used to take washing machine hoses and hit me with them, while I was when I. That's how I got woken up a lot of times. Mm. So eventually, something triggered me. Because when I told my sister, I wanted my sister's the one I actually truly grew up with, because at the age of 10, I totally had enough. I ran away from home. Okay. they couldn't find me. I was living on the streets for two weeks. And eventually I went to a friend's house and they turned me in rotten kids. (laughs) Um, But I think it was a good thing because it was finally my sister who said, you know, I don't like what's going on. I'm going to take him in. And she was older than me. So she was married already. And so she took me in and gave me a home where I was not getting beaten. I can actually go to school. I can learn. I can do things. And I became an above average student hmm. um, because I didn't have that adversity, if you will. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: And so even in high school, I was put into a above honors program. And so in high school, there was a in New York, this place called a new school. And the guy who was fine, who found that school was one of the teachers. And he said, I want to take this group of students who are honor students, and I want to do something special. So he taught college grade lessons to us Wow! to see if we can handle it. Yeah. So from ninth grade to 12th grade, I was in this class. And to be honest with you, Eric, I was like, why am I here? I feel like I'm the dumbest kid in the room, Mm. which was a great room to be in. Listen, anytime you go to a room and if you're the smartest person, you're in the wrong room. That's right. That's right. So I lucked out in high school. I felt like I was the dumbest kid there, but I had a 96 average. Mm. So, you know, but I still felt like those guys are way smarter than me. Mm
2: -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. And it was a
1: blessing in that regard. But. When we think about adversity, the biggest challenges that we do come up with is what do you do when these things are presented to you? Mm. So I was talking about at the age of 18, I made this decision when I told my sister I was not going to do anything with my family anymore. I was done. Mm -hmm. She cried and she goes, think it over, think it over. I said, absolutely not. So it took me about three weeks. And and the best advice for her was to think it over. And so at that point, I said, you know, I'm going to do a clean slate. I'm going to forgive every one of my family members who abused me, who hurt me, who made me cry when nobody was looking, right? Yeah. And that was a pivotal point for me to learn to forgive everyone to truly love someone and not be judgmental. That was a huge turn for me when I realized, you know, my mom abused me, but I don't know why she abused me. My dad abused me. My brothers used to hit me and all that. I don't know why. Yeah. But I I don't necessarily need to find out, but I don't know why. Mm-hmm. So, for that reason alone, I forgave them. And I said, I'm going to give them a fresh start. But if they abuse me again, of course, I'm not going to be a right. dumbhead. Keep, right. keep going with it. So, you know, all of a sudden, and, and there were certain pivotal points when the abuse kind of stopped with my parents. And I'm going to tell you one thing I did, which this is the same kid who stood up to that martial arts bully, right? To to a man who could have killed me in a split second. This is the same kid that stood up to his parents. My mom was hitting me. And instead of me, I used to run, right? Yeah. I was fast. I was fast. But guess what? The house, they found a way to get me. And, and mm-hmm. so I got my beatings. But eventually I said, I'm not going to run anymore. And I just stood there. And if you're an abuser and you're hitting or hurting someone and they show no reaction, it changes their mind. Mm. So my dad was beating me and I used to run and I just stood there and just looked at him and he kept hitting me and he didn't hit me with the belt. He turned it. So he hit me with the buckle. So there was a a lot lot of blood, always blood. I'm not saying this to have anybody have pity on me. I'm saying because no matter what people do to you, your mind and your heart can be super strong. So when he was hitting me, I just stopped running. He caught me. He thought, oh, I got him. And I just turned around and looked at him. And he hit me and hit me and hit me. I just looked. And then he (laughs) was like, he stood back a little bit. And then he stopped. That was the last time he ever hit me. Wow. I did the same thing with my mom. That was the last time she ever hit me. And then, you know, for me to be able to do that at a young age and understand that you may hurt my body. But you cannot hurt my mind and Mm -hmm. you cannot hurt my heart. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm very heart centered. This is why I show so much love for people and people like man, that person really tried to hurt you. I'm like, yeah, but not really. Mm. And they're like, how do you think like that? I said, because you know what? I know one thing. You, me, and everybody else was a beautiful baby at one point. Yeah. Right? Everybody in jail, the hardest criminals, were a beautiful, smiling, laughing baby. And I go back to that. Mm. You know, what were my parents what did they go through in order for them to pass it on yeah so for me the buck stopped with me i have children i've never raised one hand to my children there's no mm-hmm. reason to now i can't speak for my siblings for what they yeah. or how they've treated their kids not like me i can guarantee that <laughs> so.
0: did That's you I, i'm just curious you figured did you find this all yourself or did you have someone kind of guiding you through all of this? Just me. Wow. I'm a people watcher. Okay. So, it
1: you know, I, I love to see interaction. Mm-hmm. I, I love watching people, but... Like you and I, we've had great conversations together. And the words you use, the language, your body language speaks volumes. So I am definitely a people watcher. You know, one of the things as an uh, not only that, but that led me to so many different types of businesses where I did personal training. I know I do kickboxing. I do boxing. I do martial arts. I also own a wood shop. Um, really? I do woodwork I I build furniture and the reason is because I like to create.
2: yeah right?
1: with the world at large, there's so much destruction mm. that when we can create something beautiful
2: mm-hmm. and
1: it takes a lot of patience, right when we when we when we think of creating, it's so much harder to create something than to destroy something. Mm. It takes seconds to destroy something. Yeah. It takes a long time to create something. Mm-hmm. It takes a very short time to listen. People who get divorced, I'm divorced. It doesn't take a long time to get divorced. It could be a split second, right? But to court that person can take a long time, right? Yeah. To, to get them to even notice you sometimes. Sometimes you may have to ask several times.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So for me, understanding adversity, understanding the dynamics of a human, the way we act, the way we interact, the way we even think. So I do a lot of meditation. I always have Mm. because what do you do after you get beaten? And for everybody who's never gotten beaten, I'm happy for you. But if you have, you know that there is a time after the beating that you internalize and mm-hmm. you ask yourself the question, what did I do wrong?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Why am I getting this? And then at that point, you ask yourself a thousand questions mm-hmm. and then you have a choice. How do you act after that? Yeah. So it was a lot of reflection on my part. And mm-hmm. that's how I grew as a person. I used to do interior design architecture. I used to do architectural drawings. That's, that was my passion, drawing. My mom had a gift of drawing and somehow I got it passed down to me. My son's an amazing artist, but here's the thing. I said, I forgave everybody. My dad and I used to speak regularly. He moved back to Colombia. I'm Colombian. Okay. And I used to call him and he's like, Oh, my son. So we had great conversations afterwards. My mom For some reason, I had the foresight to go see her. She was living with my sister, same sister that brought me on, (laughs) took my mom on later on in her life. My sister's a saint. I mean, I cannot Mm -hmm. say. It sounds like it. it. She saved my life, but here's the thing: her and her husband have saved so many people. They take people who are homeless sometimes Mm -hmm. and bring them home. They're amazing. So, I took this time. I went to my sister's house in Florida. I'm in New York and i spent a week with my mom at this point she had dementia and she would always say i'm her best son i'm i'm number 1 and all this thing i'm number 10 of 12 so how can i be number 1 <laughs> but i i think it's because i forgave her and i never i never brought it up mm. i never said remember when you beat me because that's not forgiveness if you keep rehashing it yeah yeah forgiveness yeah. is truly to let go So when I saw my mom, after I forgave her, I didn't see her as an abuser. Mm. I saw her as a person who needed help. Mm. So anytime I can help her, I can do things for her. I was there. Yeah. You know, the way my sister was there for me. So I got to spend that one week before she died. Mm. She died at the beginning of COVID in March before she didn't have COVID. She just died. But. I got to spend that time with her and it was, it was a beautiful, beautiful time. Had I not forgiven her, I would not have seen her true soul. She was Mm. a beautiful person.
0: Mm. So man, you have a lot of grace. (laughs) Thank you. I think there's a lot that we could all learn just from your ability to forgive and your ability to just love people where they are. Mm. Um, How are you getting to live that out today and pass that on? What are the things that you're getting to do today that you can kind of pass on that wisdom and that guidance? Because when we talk about redefining success, that is not the definition of success here today, right? You know, when we're hurt, we want to turn around and hurt other people. But how are you getting to live this out and pass this on today?
1: Well, one of the things is, uh, you know, I used to not talk about me being abused because, you know, some people don't want to know about that. and. Uh, sometimes it was a shame, right? I felt like, Oh, that happened to me. But if I can shed light on someone to say, Yeah, you're not guilty, because you've been punished. Yeah, your guilt, your guilt comes from you not wanting to share. So it's Mm -hmm. okay, that you can share. And if you don't want to share, that's okay, too. But Mm
2: -hmm.
1: it's not your fault that you were abused. It's Mm -hmm. not you, you. So And sometimes the abuser is not because, listen, I think my parents loved me. That's how they were told love is. Mm. One of the biggest things I hate when people say is, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. No, not true. Because the person you're abusing is the person who's truly being hurt. Yeah. So So for me, what I'm doing now is I am sharing... My story with other people, I'm also helping other people understand that they are strong enough mm. to say no, right? And a lot of times we we say no or we say yes because of guilt mm. of of being ashamed of something. So the power of a no is important i I teach the kids you know fully four four techniques to bullyproofing. Plus, I also teach adults all so self-defense. I do women's self-defense. I'm empowering each person
2: mm-hmm.
1: not to be abused in any capacity. The other thing that I'm doing is I'm impacting other leaders. So I am my my coaching call podcast was because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. You and I both got a thousand emails from coaches who were not really coaches. They were there just for the money aspect of it. They weren't there to help you or me they were just there like hey buy my program for 9.97 <laughs> right. or 4.97 or you know so i get it we all needed to make that shift or pivot whatever you want to call it, through the pandemic but people were taking advantage of other people that's why mm-hmm. i s- decided to start my coaching call podcast and talk to real coaches like yourself people who are making a difference in society in the world who impact a person.
2: Hmm.
1: I did all kinds of sports. I was a gymnast. I I probably was one of the worst gymnasts because <laughs> I learned how to do flips on concrete. Oh, not wow. On nice soft mats. Yeah. Because my parents didn't pay for anything. Right. I didn't learn martial arts because my parents said, hey, go here, we're going to pay for your lessons. My sister didn't pay for my lessons. I paid for Everything. Hmm. Mm. At the age of 10, I started working in a bingo cleaning it while I was still living with my parents, right? When I moved out from my sister's house, I went and started working at the age of 14 at a movie theater. I'm six foot one and I was six foot one then. They thought I was 18. I was Mm. 14. So (laughs) I kind of fibbed a little bit. So I got this job working in a movie theater. And shortly after, I was their boss. Yeah. Because I'm always looking to advance myself. So, and I, I got to meet a lot of great celebrities because it was a, a, movie, a movie theater here in the city in Manhattan that had a lot of premieres, a lot of celebrities were there. Sometimes I would have to escort them into a private meeting room or, or a lounge area. And so with understanding how to move people around, how to help people out, I realized that. Fitness is a great vehicle Mm. for me. But it's a great vehicle for me to help other people. So I became a personal trainer.
2: Mm. And
1: and sometimes I even have trained other trainers because they're like, I'm at this level, but I see you doing things a little different. I've trained professional bodybuilders and, and they're already huge. One guy comes up to me. Literally, I got a little scared. He pulled his <laughs> pants down. He pulled his pants down. I'm like, oh my god! He had shorts underneath. I was like, Phew. he flexes his leg. He flexes his leg, and his legs are striated. You see all the muscles. He goes, "I saw what you're doing with that model." I was at a gym, and there was a, 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 I used to train models at their gym, right? And it, this guy happened to be training there. and There was a lot of other bodybuilders there. And he goes, I see what you're doing with that model. I've never seen stuff like what you're doing. What can you do for me? So he pulled his pants down. So I said, I can train you to do this, this, that. The other. He goes, okay, you're on. So I trained him for a while. Um, and so for me, it was always impacting people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How do I change what I do? And my, One of my passions was also drawing. Mm-hmm. So in high school, instead of taking lunch, I asked if there was an architectural drafting class. No, but I found out that there was a teacher who was teaching photography, used to do civil engineering. So he knew Mm -hmm. drawing, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, not architectural engineering drawing. I said similar. So I asked him if during his my lunchtime, if I can go in his class, sit in the back and he can give me assignments. And he agreed. Wow. So I was like, done. That's it. So from high school, I, I applied to a program from New York State where they hired me. A, a company, an architectural company hired me. They paid for my schooling. So I didn't pay for school.
0: That's crazy. Right? No, I mean, what I hear you saying in this, When you I mean, look just, at things, right? Uh, you have to find things. Right. Always looking for how you can, I mean... The, the the greatest lesson I'm taking for this, because unfortunately we're, we're coming to the end here is that we sure. you know what you're saying is you have to, you have to be willing to create your own future rather than waiting for somebody else to create it. Absolutely. Sifu, is there anything else that you wanted to make sure you shared with the audience that you didn't get a chance to share before we kind of wrap things up?
1: Sure. You know, if, if anybody ever needs me, to help them out. I have fitness programs. I do online stuff. I do martial arts. I do. I, I have people around the country that I actually do zoom sessions with <laughs> for Kung Fu. I do it for fitness as well. Um, anybody, you know, whoever is a coach out there and wants to be on one of my shows. I have four shows. You mentioned that earlier. Yep. And it's funny. I was pitched a new show today. <laughs> it's kind of a funny show. And I'm like, That would be a really funny show. It would be so different than what I do, and I was like, "I'm going to think about that. (laughs) It it could be interesting." So we'll keep you posted. But you know, feel free to share my contact information, uh, my email, uh, you know, all my socials, and anybody who wants to connect with me. And if I can impact your life
0: a tiny little bit, Mm. reach out. Well, you've already done that today. I know you have. Is there, what? what is the best way to get it? I mean, we'll we'll put all your stuff in the contact information mm-hmm. in the show notes, but is there one particular way that's the easiest way to get in touch with you? Is there one place you check more often than others?
1: Probably LinkedIn.
0: Okay. Yeah, definitely. To so connected with you on LinkedIn.
1: Yeah, LinkedIn to slash Max Fitness. Okay. That's it.
0: Okay. Or look under Sifu, Raphael. There's not that's many it. other Sifus out there that I've seen. Oh, they, they are. They're just- <laughs> Not that I've seen. Maybe I'm wrong.
1: (laughs) Yes, we
0: Stephen, before we finish up today, my last question is always the same, which is this. In three generations, what do you hope your great-grandchildren remember about you?
1: That my great-great-great-great-granddad was a mover and a shaker, and he got things done, and he inspired other people.
0: Mm, That's beautiful. I love that. Thank you for being with me today. Thank you for sharing and being vulnerable. It was amazing. It was amazing. I appreciate it. Everyone, thank you so much for joining us for the show. We'll be with you again next time. Have a great day. God bless you.
2: Thank you, guys.
0: Eric L. Dunavitt here. Thank you so much for joining us for Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. If you're a business owner or a family who is actively redefining success or have thoughts on kingdom impact or generational prosperity, and you would like to be a guest on the show, then I invite you to apply. Visit www.ericldunavitt.com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to share that either through text or social media. Take a screenshot of the show and share that and share what you learned. If you know anyone that should be a guest on our show, we would also love for you to connect us to them. The best way to do that is to use Hashtag redefining Success. I love to read your thoughts and shares on social media. And we also are honored just to get any recommendations of people that you think we should be interviewing on the show. We are constantly adding new content, adding new podcasts. So first and foremost, I'm going to recommend that you subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. Also, you all of your likes, your reviews, your shares all of that makes a big difference to the show. So if you'll include those when you can, we definitely appreciate it. If you'd like to get in touch with me, visit www.ericl360.com and all of my connections to social and other ways to get in touch with me are there. This is Eric L. Donovan, the Mindset Disruption Strategist, signing off until next time.